0: Hi everyone, I'm Sinhara and welcome to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. This show is for all women who are dealing with infertility, but it's specifically dedicated to black women because we have a problem with opening up when it comes to this issue. And I don't want to leave out the men, you guys are welcome here too. On today's episode, I'm going to continue my conversation with my husband where we discuss the male perspective on infertility. So, here's the third and final part of our conversation. You got the news. So, we just talked about this a little bit um, that our second IVF failed. And so, Typically, I'm the person who takes the phone call and I have to uh, relay that message on to my husband that, you know, the cycle didn't work. Uh, Either the nurse will call or the doctor will call um, and specifically with the IVFs, you know, the doctor um, has been calling. And so when I saw my phone ringing, I told my husband, you're going to answer this time. You're going to take the news and you can tell me instead of me telling you. And so the phone rang and you can talk about she said on the other end which you know we just talked about a few minutes ago briefly
1: right so i answered the phone i said hey this is ron and she was like oh you scared me you startled me i i I was expecting to to hear from Sinhara. and i said no i said she did not want to answer the phone she goes well unfortunately you know i understand you know i don't have good news for you you know i just don't understand what's going on i don't understand you know personally because all your you know all those checks you do during the ivf process have all been very favorable you know the the um i don't know the
0: all the ultrasound ultrasound
1: right um the the thickness of the uterine the wall lighting lining of the uterus and so on all those things were so great so she says you know i don't know what's going on and that's when she said you know if my she said if you want to continue We can, she says, and I said, well, I think we're going to, I think we need a break right now for, you know, at least a month, just because of all the shots, your, your butt is sore. You know, you're asking me to massage the points where you get the shots at because they're very sore and tender because of all the shots. And I, and I told her, I said, you know, I think we just need a break. She goes, I understand. She said, but when you're ready to start back up, you know, I think we should do a mock, um, biopsy or whatever it's called, where, you know, like we talked about earlier is where they, you go through the entire process of doing all the shots and doing the um, ultrasounds and so on up until the moment of transfer to see what is going on. What could we possibly be missing? What could, are we giving you too much progesterone or your level too high, Is your estrogen too high? Are we going too late? Are we coming too early? She so just wanted to make sure we're covering all bases because all, because everything else looked great. And, and
0: how, how did it feel being the person having to relay the message?
1: Well, I think you were looking at me and understood the message before I even told you. So I I went into the phone call. Well, because I, already,
0: I already knew the answer anyway, because my cycle was coming. So and, right. I, and I felt that very strongly every day. The only reason why I wasn't coming was because I was still on the fertility medications, which they were telling me to still take, you know, um, right. until they get the blood results back.
1: Right. So I didn't feel like I had to break news to you because I knew by looking at you and by talking to you that you already thought. Mm, this is, this wasn't successful. Um, and you were just going through the process. That's why I felt like, so I didn't feel like I was uh, like, you didn't seem hopeful. If you had seemed hopeful or feel like, Oh my God, I think we're going to be pregnant this month. And I would have broken it to you. That would have been difficult, but because you always prepare yourself, which I don't agree with, but you always prepare yourself for the worst. Um, it, it didn't, it wasn't hard for me. You know, I knew that we needed a break after this. I knew that it was affecting our relationship. I knew that it was fake, uh, affecting us because we weren't able to do things. You know, sex wasn't, you know, it's, it's getting to a point where it is just a hopeful moment of let's have sex. And even though we're not saying it or maybe you aren't thinking it, but I'm thinking it, maybe you'll get pregnant from this and it won't be the IBS. It's just so much involved instead of just the connection of us being together or the fun of having sex, that part is kind of dwindled away because even though we may be you know, into each other at the moment, I'm still consciously in my mind thinking, wouldn't it be nice to get you pregnant from this instead of the IVF process? Wouldn't it be nice to get you pregnant um, or wouldn't this be a nice treat or a surprise or a reward if we didn't have to get pregnant through the IVF process? And this is just what happened. So I'm still, unfortunately, consciously thinking all these things when we're having sex. So, yes, it is. Um, it wasn't that difficult for me to tell you because I think you had already prepared yourself for the worst, which, once again, I don't agree with.
0: cha baby machine. So I've talked about this before that we spent a lot of money on uh, fertility treatments um, and now we have debt because of it and so uh, I do of course my husband's mentioned that he's not the kind of person that, that gives up and but I'm gonna ask him anyway you know do you ever think about giving up and putting that money in the bank and why are you so hopeful each month Um, and I know you think that every month I prepare myself for the worst and I don't see it that way. I don't think I prepare myself for the worst. Like I said, I just happen to know my body. So I don't think I'm preparing myself for the worst. I just think that I'm in tune with what my body's doing. And so I know that, you know, unfortunately my cycle is going to start. Um, but you know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you ever think about giving up and putting that money in the bank?
1: No, I don't think about giving up. I think it's an investment in our future and our legacy together um and it's worth every dime now i say that now because like i said i believe we're going to be successful if we go through this entire process and we spend all this money and we don't get the results that we're expecting it's going to bother me would i do it would i spend the money again absolutely so i don't sit here and think it's a waste of money it's it's not like playing the stocks and putting money in there and hoping for an outcome i believe that we are doing everything in our power financially that we can, even if it's getting loans or credit cards or whatever, to ensure that we have a child together, which we both want, and to ensure our legacy continues, you know, through having a child. Now there's no guarantee in that, in any of it, but it's worth every single dime after you've tried everything that you and I have tried. You know, I think if you and I had just got married and we just went straight into IUI and IBF. I may feel differently, but I feel like we went through the process correctly. We tried, we had sex naturally, that didn't work. We tried CloMed, we tried all the things that were gonna, you know, make it, or increase your chances of getting pregnant. Then we went to IUI, then we went to IVF. I think we did it properly. And I think, you know, we are blessed to be able to get the funding, which a lot of people may or may not be able to get, but we are blessed to have the funding and to go through this process. And we're blessed to have this process in place, which wasn't, in, you know, wasn't even available to people 50 or 60 years ago. So it's worth every dime. I think we can spend money on many things, on cars and uh, a bigger house and all these things that we can end up wasting money on. And I don't think we're wasting a dime on uh, trying to conceive a child after we've tried the process naturally.
0: And then quickly, just going back to what I asked at the top of this question, uh, with you thinking that I prepare myself for the worst and me saying that I don't prepare myself for the worst, I just know what's happening with my body. And I unfortunately know my cycle's going to come. I know you had comments about that.
1: Right. My comment about that is that I wish you did not prepare yourself for the worst. I wish you would be. Okay. I wish you would pay attention to. The possibility, because this is something I think you don't do, is that I think as soon as you, and I mean, I hope I'm sounding sympathetic, as soon as you feel like you are psycho or you feel a cramp or something goes on that you normally have felt for the last 15 or so years, however long you're 20 years uh, of your psycho, you immediately go to, I've not succeeded. But after reading and speaking to so many people to include your sister who thought her cycle was coming and then finally that she was pregnant. Why do you, I don't understand why you immediately jump to I'm not pregnant the moment you have a cramp and stuff. So well, that I, I just wish, I just wish you wouldn't do that, immediately jump to that and think, let me just wait till my cycle comes.
0: Well, I know everyone has different symptoms. Like one of my friends said that she spotted every month until she thought she was gonna miscarry, but I guess some people just spot. With my sister, she never thought that her cycle was coming. She actually thought that she was sick. She knew that she had missed her cycle, but she thought that she was sick. I think she thought she had like a stomach bug or something like that. And so she ended up going to the doctor. And that's how she found out she was pregnant. And so, again, for me, with my body, you know, if you feel the same exact pains every single month in the same exact areas and you know the feeling of your cycle coming, you know, um... Of course, I have hope and I have faith, but I also understand what it feels like for a period to start. And so that's not something that I can just erase out of my mind and erase what those feelings feel like. So I don't think that I'm being negative or that I am preparing for the worst because I always go into that cycle very hopeful, having a lot of faith and all that stuff. And then once I feel those symptoms, the same symptoms that I feel every single month and that I feel every single month since I started getting my cycle, you know, in my mind, I just know, okay, well, this didn't work.
1: Okay. I don't like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Back as one.
0: So throughout these um, these six years with doing fertility treatments and going through trying to have a child on our own and stopping fertility treatments, trying to have a child on our own and doing all this stuff back and forth, there have been periods of time So my husband has come to me and said that he's felt disconnected because we're doing all this craziness to have a child. And so when he first started saying the word disconnected, like it didn't even register with me because I've never heard that term in terms of you know a marriage like my parents have been married for almost 40 years and I never heard them say to each other we feel disconnected and of course they never dealt with infertility but you know you marry for almost 40 years you know you're not going to you know enjoy that person every single day of your life and so I just never I didn't understand what that term disconnected meant and why he was saying that and so do you want to talk about that you know, and, and what advice you have for other couples that, you know, could be feeling disconnected, even if it's not both people in the relationship, if it's one person who feels like they're disconnected because of all the hecticness that infertility brings.
1: Okay. So in a marriage, in our marriage, we have challenges on a regular basis, whatever they may be, you know, typically you and I are very happy and laughing and having fun. However, that stuff becomes unplugged. And that's why I feel like disconnected was the best uh, word for me to use in describing what I feel like our relationship is going through. Because, you know, when we first got married and we were able to be intimate and enjoy each other sexually and have fun sexually and do a lot of things and have conversations without a conscious thought of, we may not ever be parents, we were just happy. We were just happy with sex, happy with what we thought our lives were going to be and where we thought we would be in three years. And all these things were made it natural. And
0: and let me just say really quickly, because we got married really quick. And so when we got married, went down to the courthouse. And so that same day, like people were calling me, asking me, was I pregnant? And I'm like, no, like we got married because we wanted to get married. You know, I've always been that person. If I want to do something, I'm going to get up and do it. You know, I don't need to have anything big, grand. I didn't want no wedding. I don't want any of that stuff. And so, you know, people from day one, from the moment we left the courthouse, assumed that I was pregnant because we got married so quickly.
1: Right. We didn't get married quickly in a sense of knowing each other. We knew each other a while, but we, we just went down to the courthouse and decided to get married instead of going through the whole wedding because we initially were planning on having a wedding and doing all these things. And we realized for us, we didn't need to spend all that money on that. It was a mutual decision. It wasn't me leading it or whatever. We decided, you know what? Let's just be married, live together, and let's start our lives together. Mm-hmm. Correct?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you wanted a wedding. I didn't want a wedding. But right. I said, if we did something, let's just do it like in the Bahamas, invite a few people, have a good time. But then that, I think I planned a wedding for like two weeks, and that turned into craziness. So this person can't come into a year out from the time. And This person you got to pay for them and i said "Mm, okay well i'm not paying for anybody you know if they want to come they can come because people get to where they want to get to and so that was the end of the wedding and we went down to the courthouse but you know from the moment that we stepped out of the courthouse and i was texting people telling them i got married everyone assumed that i was pregnant
1: and that's why you're rushing to get uh, married yeah that's not the case we just (laughs) wanted to be married right so i got so yeah so because and like I said, in those first in that first year or year and maybe a little over a year, we were just enjoying each other without the
0: pressure planning
1: without planning anything. We weren't we were literally just enjoying each other. We would laugh when we go to bed. We wake up in the morning, have breakfast together, we would laugh, we talk. We weren't necessarily getting to know each other. We were just enjoying each other's company for a long time. And then it changed. It changed when I don't remember exactly when it changed, but I think it changed at a moment when you I went think to... I think it
0: changed when we realized it was a problem. When we realized we went to that first doctor and she said you two are the worst two people that could have found each other and we just like looked at each other like what?
1: what I think it happened before about? that. I think it happened slightly before that when you decided that we needed to go to the doctors. And that's when I think it beca- it went from just happily married to we need to do we need to start planning everything you know we need to plan when we have sex we need to plan it just became very unnatural and it became it became a process instead of a time of enjoyment it became where I you know even though I was excited about the thought of you being pregnant it became very mechanical it became where cycle came this was our monthly routine and in, in what I feel our marriage was so it's our monthly marriage routine cycle starts no sex. cycle ends. Okay, we have two weeks of we could have sex, but, and I know we were having sex, it just didn't feel normal. Now
0: we, we were having sex, but we were arguing over sex position. And right. that's something that we didn't talk about earlier. We were arguing over sex position because right. I said that I should be on the bottom to get the best chance because I was reading the blogs to get the best chance for the sperm to travel and you disagreed.
1: And I so, wanted you on top. I wanted sex. I let's just if we're going to have this thing, let's talk for real. <laughs> I wanted sex. I did not want you just to be on the bottom. Time out. I didn't <laughs> I didn't I didn't want you just on the bottom i wanted to have fun i want to continue doing things that couples do when they have sex and enjoy it it. wasn't
0: just a matter of having fun it was a matter that you always want to be on top and so i was really getting concerned because obviously all this time is going by i'm still not pregnant and i'm like i need to be on the bottom because this is the best chance that i have instead of being on top for six years i need to be on the bottom you know, right. this is like, your belief
1: was this is this your is, belief This is what
0: the blog said that it was right. best. That
1: so it was best back.
0: for, okay. you know, conception.
1: So when you interview your doctor, you write this question down right now. Is there a better position? Because that's what made it mechanical. When we are being intimate, you are consciously thinking I need to be on the bottom. And I'm thinking I just want to enjoy it. I just want to have fun with this. I don't want it to be the process of me putting sperm in your vagina. That's what it became instead of sexual intercourse. And that's where it started to change. So then it became us arguing about sex positions, us arguing about when you first woke up in the morning, did you take your temperature? To us arguing about... All
0: things that you asked me, that I take my temperature, that I pee on the ovulation test kit? Like it was this ovulating? whole check mark thing that you would right. ask me. I'm like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right, right. So that's when it became very mechanical. And though we were both trying to achieve conception, it was a very unnatural process of just not being able to enjoy anything. Now, there was a moment every month of... You know, after your cycle came and went, I knew for the next four or five days, if we were going to be intimate, it was going to be just for pleasure because you knew and I knew because we had been uh, tracking everything that um, we didn't have to worry about positions and ovulation and all that stuff. But then we read an article that says a male sperm can last six or seven days. So now in six or seven days before you were ovulating, we're planning again thinking okay well maybe that sperm will be alive by the time you ovulate Which so we you, you were
0: the one telling me all this information mind right you. I
1: know right. <laughs> no I'm saying so I'm learning all these things so that became our whole life became about work and having a baby and all the other pleasurable things like going bowling or whatever I can it's, it's been so long of that, just doing those things that we did in that first year, because we did everything. We would go sit on the couch, we'd watch movies, we'd go to the movies, we'd go bowling. We would find things to do because we weren't consciously thinking of anything. And then it turned into work, trying to have a baby, work, trying to have a baby. So that's when I felt like we were being, we were getting disconnected. And up until just this last thing, if you remember, I said, we need a break. You wanted a break anyway, but we need a break because we need to reconnect. We need to reconnect and not think about having sex or being intimate for any other reason, but for enjoying each other's company and touch. You know, it 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 just is important to us in our relationship to stay connected. And because we have been for 6 years trying to conceive kind of trying to conceive, well 5 years of it trying to conceive it was my best word is we were disconnected and though we enjoy each other and though we love each other and though we enjoy each other's company we could be so much better if we just did not have these worries or this planning process of trying to conceive or you not consciously thinking maybe this month I'll be pregnant or me not thinking this month you'll be pregnant and me watching for signs mm-hmm. and me looking for whatever thing I can possibly find to give us hope for pregnancy, I just need to not have that for a month or two so we can allow each other to enjoy each other's company so we can go to dinner and just hold hands and touch or talk to each other or laugh or tell jokes or, you know, you, we can talk about your your scripts or things that you're you're doing in your life outside of Talk to the doctor today. I have an appointment next week. We're going to have an ultrasound. How did the ultrasound go? Um, All those things, it just made it almost a punishment in the process of it. We needed to. We need to reconnect. And I feel like that's happening ever since this last IVF because we've talked, we've laughed more, we're having breakfast together, we're laughing in bed again, um, and all those things. Do you agree?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I guess I just always see differently, you know, with the term disconnected. Uh, because, again, it, it was something foreign to me when you said it. I'm like, huh? Like, What does that mean? Um, you know, I think I look at relationships differently um, in terms of, you know, my view and, you know, having been in the household with, you know, my parents who are still together. And so I never look at, you know, an overall problem has something that disconnects people. I just look at it as something as being part of life. Um, But, you know, you and I see that differently.
1: Yeah, we see it differently, but.
0: But but what advice do you have for, for other people, you know, who may be dealing with, you know, feelings that you have, you know, about this being disconnected?
1: I would, if I could do this all over again, I would take moments out of those, you know, maybe three months of trying off a month and just enjoy each other i think if you continue continuously every month every month every month for years and years on am end it's going to affect your relationship whether it affects only the man or only affects the woman it's going to i think you have to find time and make time to enjoy each other during the process and it's very difficult for me to say do it at the same time because there needs to be a time where um a a touch or just sitting on the couch and holding each other or going to a movies or whatever you do for fun or going to a restaurant is not in the back of your mind, a conscious thought of, I hope she gets pregnant this month or may we need to hurry up and get home because you may be ovulating
0: or, or hurry up and get home because she got to do shots by a certain time or hurry up and get home because you didn't bring your medication with you.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I
0: recently had to fly somewhere and I had to do these shots every night at the same time. And I realized, like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm still going to be on the plane when these shots, when I have to do these shots. And my husband was like, well, you're going to have to do them in the bathroom. And I just said to myself, like, I'm not doing these shots in the bathroom. When I land is when it will happen because I'm not going into a nasty bathroom on a plane and trying, you know, you're in the air and you're trying to wipe your your butt with the alcohol swab trying to stick, you know, one and a half inch needle onto your behind. Like it becomes a point where it just does become too much.
1: Right. And that's what was happening. Like you said, that was a perfect example of us being at dinner. We need to go at six instead of we really want to go at seven 30 because we got to be home at eight for the shot. And after the shot, you know, you really don't want to go out. It's just becomes too much. So my advice is take breaks during your process like we're doing now and enjoy each other, and don't focus on the sex part of it in the sense of, I need to have sex tonight. Just have sex when the moment has built itself up to where intimacy is inevitable. And when it is, go for it. And honey, don't worry about being on top or bottom. Let's (laughs) just have fun.
0: (laughs) Is there anything else that you would like to add before we close
1: there was something and i don't remember what it was
0: so in closing i just want to say that you know as men and women you know i realized that we have two different needs and i wasn't as aware of this until i was in church um two sundays ago and the pastor was preaching on marriage and building relationships and you know focusing on love for the month of february and so he talked about He wrote down this whole list of needs that women have, you know, emotional needs. They need to feel loved. They need to feel touched. You know, they want to feel important. And he wrote down all these different emotions that, you know, women need on a daily basis. At least one of those things need to be checked off their list. That's what they need from their spouse. And then so he says to the congregation, you know, what do you think men need? What do you think is the one thing that we need to be happy? You know, and so I can feel the men wanting to say something, but no one saying anything. So then he says, "Sex," and so he wrote that in big letters on on the board, and he said, "You know, see all these list of things that women need. You know, this is what they need for their happiness, for the success of the marriage. They need to have these emotions met. This is what the man needs." to emotionally survive like he needs sex. And so seeing seeing that breakdown and seeing the contrast between the two, like you're two people living as one but having two different outlooks on life, you know, men want sex all the time and that's their emotional need, that's their physical need. We want to feel love, we want to feel important, we want to feel, you know, that we can, you know, achieve motherhood, you know, we want to have and need these different feelings to survive. Uh, But it's just important to know what each other needs uh, and what each other needs for the success of the relationship. Do you agree, husband?
1: I agree. And to be more specific on that, for a man, it's not about him just ejaculating and having an orgasm. It is about the whole reward process of it. I've worked hard today. My woman comes home and she's rewarded me with sex. And that reward right there is all we need, or all I need, but I think most men, all we need is just to be desired and rewarded with sex. And if I can have that, I will bust my butt every day. I will climb mountains and hills and everything I can, knowing that at the end of this mission or the end of this workday or the end of this, whatever I'm going through, that is a challenge and something not necessarily I want to do, that at the end of the day or at the beginning of the next day or in the middle of the day, I'm going to be rewarded by my wife with sex. And that sex not being mechanical, that sex being something that is rewarding, um, enjoyable and fun. And if I can have that every day, I can conquer the world.
0: I'm Sinhara Eastman, and thank you for listening to the Black Girls Guide to Fertility podcast. You can stay connected with this movement on my website, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please join my mailing list at blackgirlsguidetofertility.com and on Eastman.com. And thank you again for listening to this three-part series. And remember, there are three sides to every story. There's my side, There's my husband's side, and there's my side again, which is the truth.